0: After a long day of being pulled in every direction, the last thing anyone wants to think about is what's for dinner. That's where Schwann's can help with a variety of real food choices, frozen to lock in freshness, from ready-made meals, premium meats and side dishes, to vegetables, ice cream, and more. Schwann's foods go from freezer to table in minutes, not hours, so you can pull
1: off a delicious meal in no time at all. Ordered, delivered, done. That's homemade easy. To help simplify mealtime, visit schwanns.com. My next guest is that person who I met who's changing lives uh, on a daily basis, based in Houston, Texas. He was born in Louisiana. I have to say that because guess what? My parents were born in Louisiana, so he's cut from good stock. Then he moved to Texas. I was born in Texas. And is uh, a proud graduate of Prayer View, of which is right down the street from Houston, Texas. Now, this is where it goes a little different. He's a proud member, lifetime member of Kappa Apple I'm on Omega sci-fi members. See, that's the only thing in this intro that goes a little bit different. But everything else is great. Honourably discharged Vietnam War veteran where he served in the medical unit. He's a retired executive from Merck where he led a national team in medical design and installed Merck's military medical branches. After retiring, he founded, it, which is very special, the Buffalo Soldiers National Museum based in Houston, Texas. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Captain Paul Matthews. How you doing? Yes, sir. How you doing?
0: Outstanding.
1: Now, are you in Houston right now?
0: Yes, actually, I'm uh, at my home in Sugar Land, Texas, which is just outside of Houston.
1: Cool. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, uh, you, you know, your life has a body of uh, of work tied to it as a as a person who is a college college lifestyle, professional lifestyle, military. Of when you when you encompass all that together, Captain, what what stands out the most when you when you when people ask you to speak, what what do you tell people when you when you're motivating them and when you're giving them nuggets of information about being successful? What do you talk about?
0: Well, I talk about you know having specific goals, uh, direction, and and leaving a place like Prairie View, being a uh, second lieutenant in the United States Army, and going on to a successful. Uh, career in the pharmaceutical industry, and then uh, being able to collect artifacts, documents, memorabilia from 30 years of uh, of traveling around the country and starting a museum. You know, those are the kinds of things that I thought you know make it all worthwhile. So that you know, we as African Americans have uh, uh, control the the history narrative. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. The, the key to uh, the future is being able to, to to demonstrate, you know, your history.
1: Right. So when you talk about the Buffalo Soldiers National Museum, of course, you know, many years ago, Bob Marley did an amazingly popular song called Buffalo Soldiers.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And uh, you yeah. know, yes, sir.
0: Yeah. The the museum actually opened uh, January the fifth of two thousand one, mm-hmm. and we focus on and feature the Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, But in actuality, we give a perspective on the African-American military experience Mm -hmm. from 1770 to 2000, Mm -hmm. or from the Revolutionary War to the Persian Gulf War, if you talk about personalities from Christopher Sadduck to Colin Powell. And our mission, our mission is to preserve, promote, and perpetuate the honor and legacy of the brave men and women who fought, fled, and died in defense of America.
1: Okay, cool. Now, it is the Buffalo Soldiers National Museum. Who are the Buffalo Soldiers?
0: Yeah, the the Buffalo Soldiers were the peacekeepers in the American West. Uh, They built camps, forts, railroads, delivered the mail, strung telegraph wires, charted the land, chased down outlaws, comancheros, Mexican revolutionaries. As a matter of fact, uh, without the Buffalo Soldiers, uh, the westward movement would have been delayed, you know, 50 years. And just to put it in context, uh, at the end of the Civil War, the Army reorganized and established four segregated units that were African-Americans, the 9th and 10th Cavalry and the 24th and 25th Infantry. And those four segregated units, Went on to become what we commonly call now the Buffalo Soldiers.
1: Okay, why? Why Buffalo Soldiers? Why did that name become part of the? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the mystery now. I got, I got to drill down on that now.
0: You know, yeah, that's uh, a good. That is actually the number one question that we get is that how did the Buffalo Soldiers get their name? And it came from the Cheyenne warriors. Uh, they saw two things in the soldiers that they saw in the buffalo. It was their naturally curly hair and their ferocious fighting spirit. Mm. And they put those two things together, and they came up with wild buffalo. And the term wild buffalo eventually became buffalo soldiers.
1: Wow. So you said, like, I think early in your conversation, you said over 30 years you've been collecting. What have you been collecting?
0: Uh, We have all types of unique artifacts, documents, memorabilia. Uh, some of the, the the one-of-a-kind items you see at the museum is that a letter from a Korean War veteran, an African-American who was the 24th Infantry Regiment, and he was in Korea. And he wrote a letter back to his mom, who lived in Brownwood, Texas. And he opened up by saying, Things are quiet here. I hope things are quiet at home. And then he said, We heard today that our unit was going to be integrated now that's a very powerful letter because this is nineteen fifty-one mm-hmm. and here you have a black man in korea fighting for the liberation of Koreans in a segregated army So that's a very powerful historical perspective to look at
1: and also how he reacted and how it was like uh... I guess uh, uh, you know. I have to say, it's a big deal because nobody yeah, won't. Yeah. Because when you're separate, that that, that, that applies that there's something wrong. There's something that <laughs> you know. There's something different about you that can't be can't can't be, uh, as they say, associated or uh, assimilated with everybody else. And that's what people don't, that's what people don't understand about uh, racism, about uh, discrimination, about segregation. Is that is that whenever you you're not just black white integrate, whether it's caste structure based on finances or whatever. You know when you tell when you't let everybody participate or have the same opportunity to win then that there's a there's a designation there's a that there's something wrong with you that you should not have that opportunity In the military when you're out there fighting, laying your life on the line for the same cause that even that should be even more mind boggling correct
0: oh yeah yeah and and you know that's that's a very good point, even though they had the same types of equipment and arms and all of that. You know the army was basically a microcosm of America, Mm -hmm. and so. uh, But I I should say that the military was on the vanguard of the modern day civil rights movement. So you know Mm -hmm. that's important to note. You know, as a matter of fact, when you when you go back uh, back to Frederick Douglass, and he made a very important point at the start of the Civil War. He said, "Give the colored man a uniform." a buckle with the U.S. on it, a button with an eagle on it, and a musket, and you would make him a citizen, but you also make him a man. Because what he was trying to do was make sure the Civil War was being fought for freedom and not just to save the Union. And the only way you can do that here, put the black man in the blue uniform. And that same message carried over to World War I when Du Bois said in the famous Crisis Magazine article at the start of World War I, he said, "Put aside your differences. Go right. overseas. Come back. Be first-class citizens." And in World War II, the same message came along. It uh, was called a double D for victory: victory against the Axis in Europe, and victory against racism at home. You know. So those were you now at the end of World War II, the the soldiers that came back, you know, were the individuals that supplied the funds, you know, that helped to Move forward the the modern civil rights movement. Absolutely. So these people worked in the uh, they came back. They had trades. They took the GI bill. You know they went to trade schools. Excellent uh, good example is Texas Southern University. Started out as a, as a trade school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so these individuals became the the uh, the middle class that supported you know the Martin Luther king and the Abernathy's wow. and all of the other civil rights movements
1: i uh, on the phone as uh, the founder of the uh, Buffalo Soldier National Museum in Houston, Texas. We'll be back with more because I want to emphasize the, the military being the vanguard of a uh, civil rights movement. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. Um, when I look at my life, I look at the, um, the challenges. Um, uh, growing in, up in the inner city, growing up with two parents, uh, one was a truck driver. One was a stay-at-home mom, six sisters, uh, two brothers. Um, I live in an environment that people say um, success is, doesn't happen easy, but I think opportunity is what uh, enables you to be successful. And when I was talking earlier on our first break with uh, Captain Matthews, Captain Paul Matthews, the founder of the uh, Buffalo Soldiers National Museum, he was saying that the, uh, that the, the military was at the, at the forefront of uh... civil rights movement and he was talking about this letter that was written in nineteen fifty one and it was talking about his uh, unit was about to be integrated It's nineteen fifty one just to set that in perspective brown versus the board of education was not settled that landmark case until nineteen fifty four so the the military was already positioning itself to understand that there should be lanes of equality and we should be treating people different i'm not saying it was overnight there but i was just saying that was in fifty one This Brown versus Board, which is what everybody considers a landmark as far as uh, segregated education, was unconstitutional, unconstitutional, was in 1954. So I want to just point that out to you, what you said earlier, uh, Captain, that uh, the military was uh, at the early stages and being able to uh, enable uh, African-American men or black men, as they were known back then, or Negroes, depending on the time frame right. of their participation. Right. You know, we get a name change every 20 years, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely correct.
1: And so, yeah, I, you I mean, know, and that—that's really a, a role that you played, you know, and in, and uh, in being there. And when when I took the tour, and because uh, we have a relationship, and I I got real busy. Uh, it, well, I'm, uh, it's something I, I I promised him that I'm going to do it as far as some fundraising activity with the the museum. It's just that um, you know a little thing called the Air National Guard stepped in and uh, had me all all 50 states immediately that caused me to delay, so I apologize, but what I cannot apologize for is the success of what you're trying to do at educating all individuals, not African Americans, when they come to that museum. Tell us about that experience.
0: Yeah, what we say here at the museum is that uh, when you go to other museums, you get content. When you come to the Buffalo Soldier National museum, you get context because we talk about the items, how it revolves around you, how you revolved around it. Uh, Let me give you a good example. We're talking about, say, the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, it's an executive order. But what came out of that uh, was Juneteenth. If you look at Section 9 and Section 10 of the Emancipation Proclamation, it states that the slaves would be free when federal troops occupied the territory. And that occurred in Texas on June the 19th, 1865, when Major General Gordon Granger landed in Galveston, read the Proclamation, but he had three hundred black troops with him to enforce the law. So that's the key. You know, he had troops there, though African Americans that went throughout the state of Texas enforcing the Emancipation Proclamation, because in reality, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't free anyone, because it was no, no it only applied to the states. That were not in, in control of of the union,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so if you were a southern state, the union had no control over you. So then your slaves were not free.
1: Right, right. And so, so that's the key. That's 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 the key. But you know, it's also something you was mentioning how life is about uh, how when given an opportunity, you know, the African American men being in the military. Going to these trade schools, they started establishing a middle class lifestyle. They started, which is really important from an economic structure, because we're talking about the the uh, the Buffalo Soldiers Museum is based in Houston, Texas, and uh, I'm going to tell you something. Stereotypes abound when, when you have people say, well, they got a Buffalo Soldiers Museum. You know, you think it's a little small museum. Right? I, I went over there with preconceived notions that I was going to walk in there, going to walk around the corner, a couple of high and bys, and I'm out. No, this is a beautiful, multi-story, 23,000-square-foot facility that also is uh, rented out for uh, large-scale uh, private events. And uh, it's, it's amazingly beautiful. And so... That's, the pers- that's a perception that you have to overcome as well of what people think the experience will be of what your facility looks like, correct, Captain?
0: Oh, yeah. because <laughs> we, we started in actually a 3,000-square-foot uh, building, and then we moved to the 23,000-square-foot, feet, 3, three stories. Uh, we have uh, weddings there, family reunions, you know, meet and greets, uh, birthday parties. On our second floor we call the Hurstein Gallery. In the first floor with all the exhibits, uh, more than 10,000 square feet. Uh, we, we have the largest collection of African American military memorabilia in the world, and so you know, we're very excited about our, our new space and, and looking forward to you know, continued success.
1: Cool, Kevin. How can the community support besides uh, do you have a website? You have a donate button? You know, how can we how can we support it? Because you know, you you know private admissions and private donations do happen is there other ways that we can support the museum?
0: Oh yeah that's you know first of all you can come visit the tour and see the exhibit uh, you can plan events at the museum and more importantly you become a member mm-hmm. you know you can become a member and, and then you can make donations and, you know so we have you know maybe a, a five year goal. You know, of uh, uh, being financially independent, we want to have a, a a minimum five million dollar endowment. So all of these things, uh, uh, community based activities that you can get involved with.
1: Right. When you say the, how do you how do you become independent? Talk to me because you know I'm all about uh, telling people how to participate, telling people how they can make a difference, and. Like I've learned in politics, you don't have to make a thousand dollars. You can make a five dollar, a dollar, twenty dollars. You know, all those add up uh, to thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. And so, how does this campaign? What is the point? What is the point angle? And how can we help get the word out on money making conversations?
0: Right. The, the The objective is to increase our our membership. Uh, to have, uh, for example. You know, a thousand people being members, you know, per you know month. Uh, those are the kinds of things that helps build the financial wealth of the organization. We have corporations, uh, foundations that uh, give grants for our different programs that we have. You know, so you and, and then those are the things that really make you financially independent. Because so it would be good to have. A million people that join in for, you know, $30 a year. Right. Yeah. yeah. So all those kind of things add up over time.
1: Well, you know something uh, I'm about adding up, that's called good math. That's called my good, good, good. good. <laughs> you know, one thing that would think about is, that, you know, I, I get to go there, I got that, I get, I got the personal tour. You know, get those extra private stories. Now, what is the what is the most Difficult artifact or the best story of any artifact that you brought to the museum?
0: Oh, and that's a very tough one. Relaxing here, you know, which child is the best. You know, oh, have- oh, you're going to go there. Huh?
1: <laughs> all, your, all your artifacts are children. Don't you do that to me, Captain. Don't you do that.
0: <laughs> but, but we have a, a bronze bust of a buffalo soldier. It's called the Old Soldier. And it was done by Eddie Dixon, mm-hmm. and, and he lives in Fort Worth, Texas, mm-hmm. on oh, Amarillo, Texas. And when, before the, we bought the museum, and before we moved in, I met with the board and said, once we get in our new building, we need something special to go in it. And they said, what are you mm-hmm. thinking about? I said, there's a bronze bust of a Buffalo soldier. It's called the Old Soldier. And I showed them a picture of it. I said, this is one of three. It's at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Two of three is in Georgia, and I'm not sure what three of three is. And look at this. Nine months later, nine months later, I got a call from a couple in Paris, Texas, said they had a bronze bust of a Buffalo soldier they wanted to donate to the museum. Mm -hmm. And that bronze bust was the old soldier. Mm -hmm. And that's a testimony there. Now, that's a very special piece that we have. Something that we wanted and for, prayed for actually, and nine months later, got it as a donation. You know, a donation, a, a special special gift.
1: Well, that's right. Uh, the the amazing thing about um, you know you I've been to Smithsonian. I've been to a lot of great museums in New York. I've as a kid in high school they take you to museums, and so. Are you on that? Are you, are you on that? Like a, a high school tour list, or middle school tour list? How do people find out about the, your museum?
0: Yeah, we are connected with uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, we have uh, this uh, the multi, the media access, uh, word of mouth. So all of the the avenues that it is in the advertising world, we're part of that. Uh, we belong to the Houston Museum District Association, the African American Museum Association, mm-hmm. and the uh, the National Organization of Museums. So, you know, we are affiliated with all of those entities.
1: Well, it's really good. I'm, I'm talking to Captain Paul Matthews. Uh, he's the founder of the Buffalo Soldiers National Museum, which is a 23,000 square foot museum located and. Houston, Texas. The mission of the Buffalo Soldiers National Museum is to educate the public and to preserve, promote, and and uh, perpetuate the history, uh, tradition, and outstanding contributions of America's Buffalo Soldiers from the Revolutionary War to the present. The amazing thing about it is that when I get, when, when I went there, I learned so much, and I want to go back and I, so much more. That I, I I'm committed to helping raise funds so he can meet his goal. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on my show, sir. Uh, You know I've been near a building. You know I've made a commitment to you. And I brought you in my show just to remind you that I didn't forget. And you are part of my future. Okay?
0: Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you. Thank you, sir. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money.